This podcast is brought to you by Cash App, the easiest way to send, spend, save, and invest. Cash App helps you connect effortlessly with your finances as well as your people. If you ask me, that's money. So in the spirit of all things that are money, here's how Chris likes to stay connected with his people. You know, I, I do live uh, a bicoastal lifestyle that we discuss a lot on this podcast. And when I'm coming back to my uh, New York City pied-a-terre, I have to uh, text my wonderful cleaning lady, Sandra, kind of get her scheduled. We kind of have a great relationship. It's really easy. It's smooth. And the reason for that is Cash App. Because when Sandra's finished cleaning, she texts me, bang my Cash App. I don't know if that's true. That's true. And then I send her the money for doing the great job. And I, I think that that is um, just, it shows the simplicity and the seamlessness that Cash App is, you know, kind of in my life. So you're able to be across the country. That's right. Three different time zones no away. Problem. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as that last down mm-hmm. shoe is cleaned and placed on the rack, suddenly a little notification pops up on the uh, on the iPhone. Bing! Uh-huh. You got cash, bitch. That's right. I send cash to Sandra, and Sandra sends me a smiley face emoji in return, and the deal is done. It couldn't be easier, Jason. Whether you're sharing a perfect day with your cleaning person, sending, spending, saving, hopefully she's investing that into some Bitcoin. It's on the way up. Hold the line, friends. The number one finance app in the App Store is Cash App. That's fucking money, bro. Download Cash App from the App Store or Google Play today and add your cash tag to the 80 million and counting. All right. How long gone? Sunday morning, live from Glendale. It's already 100 degrees. Uh, it is um, Global warming is real, at least in Glendale. Um, it's much cooler over in beautiful West Hollywood. Much is a strong word. Uh, you know, 5 to 10 degrees makes a difference in this kind of high temp situation. Oh, it situation. totally does. It totally does. Uh, but yeah, it's a Sunday. It's God's Day. Um, it's also TJ's birthday. That's right. Well, God's Day, that's what I meant. It's, it's Jason's birthday. He's turning, I think, 51. How old? Next question. Okay, we're not going to talk about age. We don't like to be ageist on this podcast, so that's good. Yeah, we went to a friend of the show, Ryan O'Connell's birthday yesterday, and it was his 40th birthday, a.k.a. gay. What was it? I'm turning 36, a.k.a. gay 40. Yes. I, f- I didn't know how old he was turning. So I turned gay f- <laughs> I turned gay 49. Ryan's today. birthday was really uh, well appointed. Go on. Well, he just had like spa water. <laughs> Like the spread was literally like quarter sheets, pizza, and yeah. all, and the cake, and all the like booze and shit. But then he had multiple with all of the natty wines. All, but he had multiple spa water jugs. Like one was lemon, you know, and then one had multiple he got it from fruits. The, the thing from Amazon, and this one is yeah, this one's nice. blood orange from from it was cookbook. Nice. This one's kumquat and lavender. Do you sage. think we were the only straight people, straight men there? Unless somebody delivered a food item or something and was briefly on the doorstep, or if the the sprinkler Amazon Amazon maybe the sprinkler had an issue and they had to get called out on a Saturday, it's not cheap. But otherwise, yeah. Okay, because there were a lot of friends of the show. I would, I, otherwise, yeah, I was the straight only straight. Oh, person okay. There. Yeah, you think you're funny? Thanks for the ride. Though, the Chris. the best part of the event for me, obviously, besides tapping in with you know some some former guests and friends, is sure. is the the detached living space. The ADU. But the ADU behind the main house 
just had giant vinyl lettering office of ryan o'connell writer, writer. on the on the glass door which really like like laugh. he's a principal at an elementary yeah, school yeah, it was really but it was funny. it was it was big typeface and with ryan you know that it's a little serious and it's a little jokey it's the beauty of ryan it's but- the beauty of ryan I, we were talking to his partner and i was and we were talking about how like oh a, a burglar or you know there's a lot of ne'er-do-wells in the neighborhood lately catalytic converters getting stolen mm-hmm. all that mm-hmm. shit they took my rolly. All the prezzies are gone. <laughs> but they're going to stumble into this backyard and they'll be like, oh, damn. And then they'll see like office of Ryan O'Connell writer. And they're like, oh, let's go to the next house. This he's guy's just, broke. He's just a writer. Yeah. It doesn't even say TV writer. <laughs> we're going to go to the next house. Probably got some on Adult Swim or some shit. <laughs> it's not even syndicated. But uh, yeah. And then then the um, the other highlight is is uh, Kiernan. Shipka and I were trying to use the bathroom at the same time. Not not like that, but to, we both had to go. It was a meat cute, not a meat coke. Exactly. We both had to go, and he goes, Kiernan, you go to that bathroom. Chris, I want to take you to the gay bathroom. <laughs> and I was like, what is what is a gay bathroom? And you were like, it's finally happening. I'm like, what is a gay bathroom? I don't know what that means. And then he opens the door, and it's a there's a, a full Tom of Finland wallpaper job. Friend of the show, Tom of Finland. Which was very impressive. So the bathroom... I'm just looking at giant illustrated dicks as I'm uh, using the bathroom myself. I like that because you you see a lot of people who are very flamboyant with their sexuality. You know, you have Mm -hmm. like a Lil Nas X is of the world and all these people that are very fierce and cunty and giving all the gayness. Mm -hmm. And then you it's nice to see somebody who's a normal person who's just a white T-shirt and shorts guy. Mm -hmm. But then the, the primary bathroom is full of just cock guzzling it was on cock, the walls. Like cock, your mom is going to come see this. It's almost like being in like a you know like a dive bar blown out bathroom where you're trying to read all the graffiti, you know, check out all the stickers and stuff. Sure, but this time it's just whole everywhere you look. Um, <laughs> so it was a, but it was a good party, and um, it was hot as hell. It's a and, big decision to do wallpaper of of just fucking. Gay or straight or any kind of fucking. I, I think it's at this point though. I'd rather see that than the Beverly Hills Hotel wallpaper. You know that one's more blown out. Honestly, coincidentally, that's, that's more than any blown. of those holes on Ryan's that's- wall. It's more <laughs> fucked out than any hole on Ryan's wall. But also, you know, they're gonna wake up. I had four and a half bottles of orange, one chuggable red, a bunch of pepperoni pizza, Detroit style, with all the crunchies and all the ranch. You're gonna be hungover as a as a motherfucker. Open that door. You don't want to see Tom of Finland. First thing in the morning. I think that's maybe piercing headache. Maybe Ryan. I could be wrong. Maybe Ryan chose the Tom of Finland wallpaper when he decided to stop drinking. Maybe that. Yeah, coincided. you open the door every morning. You're like, I guess I don't need my coffee. Yeah, exactly. It's it's. I'm a, up. It, <laughs> I'm up. <laughs> I'm up. Uh, but yeah, it was a it was a good time to be in Echo Park, and I do want to shout out whoever made there was a homemade corn cookie. Mm. that was absolutely delicious corn is trending right now because of tiktok it was so good and it was homemade i can't remember ryan said one of his friends made it um but wow so nice to have an artisan corn cookie not like the high fructose corn syrup Mm -hmm. canceled milk corn cookie it is delicious Mm -hmm. but you know i'm a a compost guy you know i love my potato chips and compost cookie is good too but now that it's become whatever Cap- well, capitalist cookie. you know back in my back in my cooler days on a saturday 
I would mm. pop a handful of oxys. Back in your cooler days. I'd pop a handful of oxys, smoke a little loud. Before you pack, had to set up your guardrails. Hit the Pacquiao and then just take a stroll down to the original milk bar location in New York's East Village. <laughs> I would buy three cookies for 10 bucks. Yeah. And have two that night. No soft serve with the cornflakes on top? No, because I'd have to eat that at the time. I don't, I don't eat dessert during the day. You know that. So I would, I would take Might a be. high stroll, buy, I'd get a blueberry. I get a corn, I get a compost, mm-hmm. and then I would play. Say, so run it through the garden, Dave I, Chang. I would play the. I would. I'd play like the street game with the ping pong ball <laughs> and the three cups mm-hmm. over which one to eat. You know what I mean? But you're not a milk dunker with the cookie, right? No, hell no. I mean, the compost mm-hmm. cookie has enough flavor, I believe, to stand on its own. Yeah, I, they all do. They all do, of course. But you're saying milk is just a, a, a natural dunk. enhancement. Dunk. Yeah, I was talking to Ryan's partner, and, and I was like, yeah, you got to, you know, this would be great with a glass of milk. Oh, yeah, he was disgusted with you. But it's also, I'm able to, I think people are so willing. Like, at first, they're disgusted by the thought of drinking whole milk. They can't imagine not drinking oat or almond. That's right. And then 30 seconds of me telling them my side of the story, every single person I say, they're like, you know what, maybe you're right. I Everyone mean, turns like a turns. That's like because a, you like become that's because member. you become a mansplaining freak about ingredients. You're, you're yeah. How many of your ingredients are in my whole milk? In my almond Zero. milk, in my almond milk, milk that I blend myself in my Vitamix, it's just almonds and water. Thank you very much. Just a little pink Himalayan. I mean, a little sprinkle, but only only once a week. Because mm-hmm. I obviously I make batches. I batch it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's, it's that reminds me. I have to go. It's uh, no it's no problem at all. For my me. third soak uh, timer just went off. On Friday night, um on Friday night, Al and I went to see um the weekend mm-hmm. live at the SoFi Stadium. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, boy. The last lucky show. Uh, yeah, well, I, I woke up to before his house of cards. I did tumbled. one of my famous scene report tweets mm. about the weekend show and woke up to s- some responses today saying, at least he played your show. And I'm like, uh, what do you mean? <laughs> oh, no. And then I go to trending topics on Twitter.com. And I do see that he has canceled the show three songs in because his voice was not operating at the level it should be. Yeah. That's yeah. You said the weekend scene report, fifty dollar parking. You that's how I know you're getting old. Is you're you're complaining about? No, I'm not complaining. Lot. I'm saying I no, wish. I'm it reporting. Was, I no, I wish it was higher. I told you I want to spend a hundred on parking. Like who will somebody charge me a hundred? That sentiment was not was not translated onto I'm, this. Tweet. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just sorry. no. Don't apologize to me. I'm trying to help you out. Okay. NFT promotion. So there was a there was a moment during the show where it was like before the show starts. It comes on so like con- like concerts on this level now have trailers. Nicole Kidman comes out and tells you about no, the music. No, literally, <laughs> there was an NFT trailer about the weekend NFTs. Download this app and get them for blah blah blah. Okay. Then I'm like, all right, cool. Show starting. No, no. Fifteen more minutes. Then the trailer for his HBO show comes on. This is fucked up. Another fifteen minutes. Then he then Lily Rose Depp comes out because I think they were shooting a scene from the show. Like I think they were, oh. you know what I mean, like live at the. So she, she of course looks hot as hell. She's so hot. She does this like diatribe, <laughs> then leaves the How stage. How is she? Then it's another five minutes before this motherfucker takes the stage. It's crazy. So were they actually filming something for this show? I think so. Like, oh really? I said Alex, but there's not a season two. She's like, there's a season two. <laughs> you guys are all going to be uh, a part of history. We're exactly. filming season two, episode four of my weird HBO show. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so that's terrible. So I mean, so concerts on that level are sort of like magazines. Like the ticket price is like buying. Like nobody makes money off the ticket price anymore. I'm making all my money off of my Amazon.com sponsorship. I honestly don't know. I honestly, I honestly don't know how much tickets cost. I, I didn't. I, I wonder because it's so big. Like it's so big. Like it. I we were looking up at the top. The greed disgusts me. We were looking up at the top, and I was literally like, "This seems unsafe." Like it's so high, it feels like they're going to tilt, like fall. It's a, forward. It's a black diamond slope. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Thank you to Kay Trinata for the tickets. And the uh, Nick Daryl shot. Chris loves your high swung beats, K Trinata. I love beats. You can't get enough of them. That's a good point. But the the whole experience, of course, was a shit show. Um, but he sounded good, man. I, that's why I'm shocked that he was blown out the Notama Finland the next night <laughs> because he sounded great. And we were there. I mean, we stayed for like an hour. Yeah, we were talking with Cho about how like when you're singing on that register, his voice yeah. is such a sp- specific spot. And you're doing that day and night on a world tour, and there's only so much. But you got to look. bring that NASCAR into the pit every once in a while. No, more. you're right. You're right. And I, I mean, I'm sure uh, Simi Hayes is bringing him back to life. You know what I mean? With some nice throat coat. With that gawk gawk throat coat. Throat coat. And I'm not talking about tea. Because imagine <laughs> oh, that gawk gawk. <laughs> mm. Oh, shit. It's funny because like we've we talked to all these indie musicians who are like, yeah, backstage I get like one cantaloupe and a bottle yeah. of water if I'm lucky, and you know maybe they'll have some throat coat tea because my vocal cords are all fucked up. I'm sure the weekend is on some like bioplasma NASA, yeah. you know, like he's got a doctor. He has probably twelve doctors, and he's 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 privy to technology that we won't see for decades. And all a team of people are working on AI technology to reconstruct his vocal cords, and they still can't do it. But apparently, according to an unnamed source, oh. it does. It's gonna. It would have been better for him to cancel without touching the stage oh, yeah. for insurance purposes. So him going out there being like, "I don't feel great, but I'm gonna fucking do this," and then not being able to do it three songs in mm-hmm. is fucking him up. So he was trying to leave it all on the stage, Jason. He he went down fighting. He went he, down swinging. He did go down swinging. Yeah, but he also went down. That's all. Yes, him <laughs> and Simi Hayes went down. The thing about him that that's great. The thing about the show that's really funny is that there's like these fifteen women in like red silk gowns with their whole faces covered, like down, like a Muslim style, like down to their ankles. like eyes wide shut type shit. Yeah, and they just. They don't dance. They kind of stand and like move and like align themselves in this way that's kind of like hmm. it's basically seems like it's just so he's not on the stage alone for an hour and a half. They got these 15 chicks that they're paying, you know, a thousand dollars a day to literally kind of stand. Okay. It's very weird. But it kind of works. I can't explain. So they it, like, just kind of stand and sway around a little bit. They or? move, but it's not like dancing. It's like do they move in unison? They will, but they also will just stand. Like they'll just get like they'll split up, and six of them in a circle will just stand like near him. Do you think they're in there just like listening to podcasts or like talking shit to each other? <laughs> like what you going? What do you guys want to get for dinner after this? As they like move through, is there a raising canes in Inglewood? I don't know. (laughs) Maybe honestly, it was. It's just so weird because I'm like, if you're, if you're like a, because I'm sure they are dancers. Like I'm sure they just didn't Mm -hmm. hire just regular people. So it's like a dancer. You're like, so you're gonna pay me my dancer rate, but I just gotta stand here, right? What's the catch? Like this seems weird, but it also seems boring. 
Yeah, what a great way to make a gig. I mean, because you, you finish that and then you you go over to Tootsie's and then you make another thousand. Make, make a little thousand. So you're doing two a day. That ain't bad. All right. So, Katranada, drunk first year Persian dentist in play Converse is the next item on the scene report. There was a handful of drunk dentist types. First year Persian dentist is a is a niche one. It's, it's in something. The play Converse. It's something that I've been exposed to in my life actually, and that's why I was able to pull that reference out. Mm-hmm. And um. They were just, they're like guys that the amount of regular straight men who knew every word to every song mm-hmm. was shocking. Did they look like they subscribed to the Nav subreddit? Not even. Like more, even more basic than that. Just like I work at. But it would be like me and you seeing The Weeknd twisted, both wearing like baby chains and like fucking play converse and like weekend merch at the show mm-hmm. putting our arms around each other singing singing right we had we had like three beers at the yard house beforehand <laughs> yes, exactly <laughs> and there was also like we're the, gonna go home and there was also the vibe off. of like the long him tea guy with vans on yeah with his like thick chick rubbing her butt on him you know mm-hmm. but it's in a stadium it's like Bro, this you're gonna is, listen to Blueface on the way home. This ain't the club. Like, don't rub your butt on me. It is. It's. It's. It's beyond the club. It's the. It's. This is every. This was thousands of people's best day of the year. No, I agree. Which is crazy. I agree. And also, you're the only people allowed to wear wear play Converse. Cool moms. That's it. Yeah, I agree. With Otherwise, you. don't 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 do it. Uh, that's a good point. Um. Okay. The next on the list, thirteen year old in Jordans <laughs> singing, quote. Turn that pussy to a faucet. I looked over. <laughs> I looked over and literally saw a teen <laughs> in Jordans with his teen boys with like a with like a a mustache coming in, <laughs> like screaming along, pussy to a faucet. And they I was have, like, they, none of these people have ever turned a pussy into he, a faucet. They've never seen one. <laughs> Maybe online, of course. Online. On their iPhone. Okay. That um I guess that's kind of that's I mean, every it's show because like when you when I, when I was thirteen I was probably singing along to lyrics that were just as crass but it was a little more it was a little less wordy. The hard thing for me with R and B stylings or singing, I can't t- when you say talk about killing people or fucking people in sing voice. I just can't take it. I'm just like, bro, you ain't doing that. I agree. I agree. I need you to say it with your whole damn chest. He he's not. Uh, it's not. I, it's not autobiographical. <laughs> no. When he sings sentences even about though, the pus- even pussy though, to a faucet, and he sounds like an opera singer. Even though Abel is a known stick man, I mean, he's a confirmed stick man. Like, bro, you got Bella and Selena. That doesn't confirm that he's good at sex. That confirms that he's a rich and famous, powerful person. Good point. Good point. I'm sorry. He could be. But I don't. I don't know. I don't see it. I do. I think he's, he's a, been on I think pills he's atti- for a long time, right? I, I think he's an attentive lover. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, if you're pilled out the whole time, I don't think he's pilled out anymore. He's on something. I don't know. I think these guys get to a point where the sh- it's like too hard to do what they're doing if you're mm. fucked up. Like I don't think you can. Like he doesn't even have time to drink a beer. I don't think you can go on that level of tour and be like truly fucked you up. You used to be able to. Well, times have changed. Now you yeah. got the oxygen bar in your green room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Keith Richards didn't have an NFT launch before the, back then. <laughs> back in my day, <laughs> NFT was just another grade of cocaine. 
<laughs> okay. Uh, a lot of guys alone. Guys alone. Just Going like, to the weekend alone is cool. It is cool. There's a guy because next this to- is my. I don't want it. It's like when you go to a movie alone. You're like, this is my religious experience. There was a guy next to us wearing an EXO like OG shirt, backwards PlayStation logo hat on, <laughs> Vans. <laughs> regular skinnies like this guy this guy honestly could have worked at like a grocery store mm. and he was having the time of his fucking life yeah. and i'm like this makes this like reminds me what music is supposed to do yeah this guy's having the fucking time of his life he knows everywhere he's recording and all he's having so much fun mm-hmm. and i'm sitting here with my free ticket making fun of people and Smug i'm like i felt bad about my i felt bad about it don't feel bad feel great that we're privileged to look down on these on these people who derive their the main source of their pleasure from a commercial concert that's just but it's a the same way i feel about when i see someone who's like really overweight exercising i'm like hell yeah bro like i know this is so hard for you like it almost makes me emotional how happy i am your to see life you trying. sucks but get it girl yeah that's literally when i see somebody <laughs> running on a treadmill when i know it's terrible i'm like this is hard like mm-hmm. you're doing something really hard and i'm proud of you same feeling i had today for, with the, at the weekend <laughs> same feeling i know what you mean i get emotional about blind people when i see them in the streets mm. accomplishing yeah impossible tasks like crossing the street like they'll all see on my well there's that but like i'll see on a video of like a, a blind skater oh yeah oh yeah, those are amazing and they're like i'm gonna like kick flip this four stair and it's gonna take me seven hours bro the blind the blind skateboarding is insane yeah with man. the with the stick yeah with the so stick. sick they got to do their sonar mapping of of all the cracks on the ground, and they just just to eat shit and not know when it's going to happen. Yeah, not like great. you're like I'm in the air and I'm going to land. I don't know when, I don't know how, and then you just get up and do it again. Those guys are great. I'm sure there's some <laughs> female blind skaters too. There are, there are or probably less. Um. Okay. Um. Yeah, and shout out to Lily Rose. Lily Rose looked great. So yeah, I mean, do we want to? I mean, I think we could just brush, do a tight five on Kanye West. All right, because has been busy on social media once again. Kanye West is proving that his best uh, work is on social media. He hasn't made good music in fifteen years, no pun intended. (laughs) But these calling Adidas Nazis is pretty high up there. Yeah, it's usually just Hugo Boss. I know, and and it seems like he's he's also having some parenting troubles jason mm-hmm. if you don't understand why i will not back down on my businesses my brands and my children then you're the ones who are crazy i also liked the the anecdote he told about an employee asking if he was hot <laughs> and then him telling that employee that they just have a job sometimes i dress like it's winter when it's hot because my outfit hot <laughs> i'm a sweat before you catch me looking regular i can relate to this at the bt awards this person that works at Universal asked me, was I hot? I told this person, you work at Universal. <laughs> There's nothing <LOL>. cooler. <laughs> There's nothing cooler than somebody trying to say something to you and you just stating a fact that is a burn. There's mm-hmm. nothing cooler than that. I just think I Kanye, know. you know, unfortunately. It seems fun to operate on his level, even though he's clearly tortured. Unfortunately, T.I. has taken to comedy and it's not great, but it's it, mm. it Kanye it sounds like the one who should be taking to comedy. <sighs> yeah, unfortunately, T.I. is probably talking about stuff that's like funny and relevant to most people and Kanye is talking about like which venture capitalists are 
are goofy. But bro, him just putting the him putting some venture capitalist face on a on a body holding hands with Kid Cudi in a wedding dress. <laughs> he's good. He's, he's no one's better at doing a petty do you think Photoshop. Who do you think on the Donda team is is like? Do you think he's opening Photoshop to make that, or do you think he's mm-hmm. texting someone to make that? It doesn't look like somebody who <laughs> it's not good knows what they're doing, but it's is so doing sick. It. It's literally like something I would text you or Yayo to make for me. Yeah, and and he, and they're just like, yeah, dumbass here. Like and, it takes and me. We're five like, minutes. look, I could like take an hour or two and make it look really good, but I'm gonna do the five minute version, and that'll be somehow better. Well, the five minute version is funnier. Mm-hmm. But I don't just like how South Park, you know, you leave. I him. just don't. I don't feel sorry for him anymore. I don't care what happens to him because this is pure entertainment. What do you think this means? Just in case Instagram never lets me post again, I need everyone to know one last thing: black hats matter. What do you think that means? I don't know. I don't know either. I mean, maybe it's a new thing he has coming out. Maybe it's just a a promotion. Could be. Could be anything. He show he. I, there's one that says. It's a tweet that says blank diarrhea a lot, like way more than a normal person should have it. And then his <laughs> caption is, this was not from me. Someone copied my style of text and wrote something not funny. I know you guys are going to be disappointed, but I actually didn't write this tweet that said friends wasn't funny either. <laughs> it's true. That's true, Kanye. Friends is not that funny oh, and shit. blank does diarrhea a lot, way more than a normal person should have it. It's also like he doesn't even take a second to read it over before he posts. And this it. is this is full of crazy typos, <laughs> capitalizations that don't make sense. You know, he's it's like Walt is tweeting this. I'm just fully come back around on Kanye. This is the this is the best version of him. I actually didn't write the teat with three E's that said <laughs> friends wasn't funny either, but I wish I had. I'd love to know who thought of that. I like to post comments. Because you people is hilarious. I love funny people. And I think that's one of the reasons me and Skeet couldn't never be friends. Comedically, some of my favorites are me, Mitch Hedberg, Anthony Jeselnik, Louis C.K., Gerard Carmichael, D-Ray, J.P. Smooth. Imagine if J.B. Smooth is like, hell yeah, I'm on this list. But he doesn't know how to spell my name. And it's two letters. Mace, Elon Musk, 50, Justin glc eddie murphy <laughs> chris rock larry david kevin hart parentheses in jumanji <laughs> and of course king david dave Chappelle. i like to fight with jokes sometimes we gotta laugh to keep from crying even when we deal in with serious topics should be the funniest when it's true should do be the funniest <laughs> that, when that it's true. is true this is that list is pretty like <laughs> but it's, it ends it <laughs> That person that commented on my outfit really does work at Universal. <laughs> Daniel Cherry Pop really wore that hat. And that's the guy he Daniel Cherry <laughs> is the guy he put on the in on the on the body holding hands with Kid Cudi. Yes, DC. It's so good, man. That list of comedians is pretty deep. No, he's a, he's I mean everyone I know from Chicago has jokes. Everyone's funny as hell mm. from Chicago. Just whatever it is, even just the way, even just conversationally the way you would say a sentence, like the way you move words around. Yeah, there's the nothing like when I it. see Ben Edgar snapping on you in the circle. Well, you know, right? you know not all the Chicagoites <laughs> are known for their <laughs> eviscerating. Company. I love when Ben Edgar cuts you up like a damn steak. He and then 
he's more of a little sniper. You're getting one blow dart to the neck, but it's going to put you down versus I, a barrage of punches. No, he has kids. given me some blow darts before, for sure. And I love mm-hmm. it when someone like that does that. It's my favorite. <laughs> Chicago. I'm saying Chicago people have a gift where they can just say like one word. Yeah, yeah, And that yeah. means a sentence. No, it's, I mean? I mean, I, this, that, I, this is, I don't know. I just laughed. That, this is my whole point. Kanye West social media that we just read for five minutes. Better than anything I've seen on Netflix. <laughs> That's I laughed and twice you've as seen hard. Selling, selling OC, selling OC is the best show on television, but it's it's not funny. It's sad and depressing, which is kind of funny adjacent. I did some laughing when I watched episode one, season one. Well, I, I mean, forgot most. Of like it. I said, it's three Alexes arguing about nothing. So, and then three hot Christian guys. One's gay. Yeah. So it sounds like your life. Kind of, yeah. Uh, all right, we do have a guest today, Labor a Labor Day special, and Jason. It was time we. This is a wild one because we're really tapping in with a goat. Yeah, we decided to rise to the occasion and book Paul. Paul Riser, you know him from uh, I don't know Mad About You, the Emmy Award winning uh, must see TV NBC series. Uh, he's also in uh, Stranger Things uh, and some other stuff as <laughs> he's well. He's on Stranger Things. He's got a new show he's coming on out on Amazon, Hulu. The Boys. He has a yeah. new show on Hulu that looks really good. The actually. new show on Hulu looks good. It it's looks funny. funny. The premise is funny. He was, uh, yeah, the Kaminsky called, method. Yeah, he's in the Kaminsky method. He's in the first Alien movie, and he popularized flipping up the collar on your suit coat or blazer he's written to appear th- futuristic. He's written three books. You know, he's really, he's really done it all in Hollywood, and he's, I mean, he couldn't have been more excited to talk to us. Yeah, you're going to kind of see, we recorded this last week, which is why we're talking about it past tense, but you're going to see a cool display of a guy who doesn't want to talk to us or do this podcast, and then two guys who are wondering why we're podcasting with him. Mm-hmm. But I, I realize the through line is like, we basically just bust each other's balls, and we tell him, you need us more than we need you. And he tells us the same thing back. But I think the through line and the reason why we all get along is we bust each other's balls for an hour. We have a good time. Everyone's all happy. We're never going to talk to each other again. We all know it. Mm-hmm. But the through line is that we all agreed to do something that didn't really make sense to anyone. And then when it was time to do it, we stuck with it. We yeah, we're going to we make the best of this. We didn't back out. We didn't call our our pr person at eleven fifty nine and be like what is this the pod cart no. i don't i don't want to do that like so many other famous people can do and do all the time he was like i told these people i'd do it paul's a I'm soldier he's a soldier and he's a he's a mensch and he's back on the road he's doing i think that's part of it is it i think these guys that come as much as i disrespect stand up i do think it's a very difficult thing to do especially when you're Paul Reiser and you're very rich and you have no, the only reason to do it is because you like it. There's yeah. no other reason to do it. And I have to respect that because that's not, that's just like, that's like a good quality. Yeah. It's just that some people love the challenge of model train building. Mm-hmm. Some people become sommeliers and some people just have a, have the Jesselnik's disorder. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, check out our chat with Paul. Um, and then uh, we're back next week with more pods from New York. And um, big announcement on September 7th. Shit. Uh, more shit. More shit happening in how long gone land. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you're excited. Mm, hold on to your fucking hat. So yeah, enjoy this talk with Paul Reiser. He's a great guy. He busts our balls really well. And it's cool to talk to an old pro who's yeah, been I, talking forever. The reason we do this podcast is not just to talk to to bands on polyvinyl but also to talk to absolute legends that mm. have like that my parents actually know that's nice yeah 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 you know? i'm gonna tell my mom 
every time she's like, who's on the pod? I'm like, oh, this girl wrote a column on <laughs> L magazine about... Um, <laughs> And she's like, oh, okay. Oh, you like Mama, right? You I mean, saw like, bro, you saw Mad About You, right? She's like, hell yeah. Oh, man. I He's love like, Helen Hunt. Shit. Paul, so you're coming out of the gate swinging busting balls, and we kind of like that. What's what's going on, Paul? We wake up on the wrong side of the bed this morning? Oh, no. This is this is where I live. <laughs> uh, so you, so you live, Now, have you always had this much attitude, or is this something you've developed in your older age? Uh, you know, well, I've, I've been an old guy since I'm 22. Maybe okay. I started young. Sure. So just so I know, this is it. We're in the thing now. It's not like you're going to get a little interview. This whole thing is the podcast. Or- That's it. Yeah, yeah. But this it's audio only. We just turn on the camera okay. so we get a, a nice look at you. So I get uh, a nice look at the young young men that I'm chatting with. That's okay. right. Yeah, we want we want to remind you how good it, how good it can be. Bingo. You know? <laughs> um, but I will say you you did you did say uh, when I get it when we get a TV show you'll get some real equipment and that does hit below the belt. Obviously, I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. No, no, you, you deserve <laughs> it's better. okay. It's okay. I don't deserve better, and that's the thing. Because until I have a TV show, no one will care about me, and that's the problem with podcasts. Well, as far as I know, this is the only podcast out there. So I think you're great. Great shape. Uh, <laughs> that's good. I could be wrong. I, I, I'm not up to date, but as far as that's the first one I've heard of. It's the only one you need to care about. I won't <laughs> say it's the only one that exists. Certainly the only one I care about. Exactly. And unfortunately, since the, the space is getting clogged, much like your beloved, you know, television. Uh, yes. So it's it's kind of it's kind of becoming a problem uh, for us to stand out. You know, how long have you been doing this? About two, two and a half years. Yeah, we've had some success. Luckily, we're able to get guys like you to join us. Um, and, uh, you know, it is a little bit easier than TV. It just requires two of us. There's not, sure. you can't see, there's not 50 people behind me somewhere. Nor here. But it's interesting. Many years from now, we will look back and somebody will do a an expose about what came out of the pandemic, how culture changed because... Mm-hmm. A million podcasts and people said, gee, I have time to write a book. I have time to reflect. I have time. So some positive came out of that mandatory shift. I would agree. We definitely wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for that for that kind of. As long as you're in the creative arts that have no uh, or low barrier of entry. It was a great time. (laughs) Exactly. exactly. (laughs) As long as you can shit out whatever you want and some people might check it out. I would bet you, though, even not in the arts, people, you know, reevaluated their work situation. Do they want to work at home? Do they not want to work at all? Do they want to stay in a marriage that they actually said, wow, I didn't spend this much time with the other person. This is crazy. Um, so it, it was, um, you know, and it was only, it's only really a lockdown for a few weeks, but it, it did shift a lot of, uh, people's mindsets and rocked a lot of worlds and gave birth to this lovely podcast. That's right. It gave birth to, where did you, where did you ride out the pandemic in, in Santa Barbara, Malibu? Where, what are we looking at? No, I was, uh, in town in LA and, and we had, uh, luckily a big backyard and we were very fortunate that we didn't feel as cramped as we might have. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time my son came home from school, he was in college back East, came back home. And thankfully we had a little bit of elbow room because it is not every 19-year-old's dream to be with your parents for 24 hours a day. Uh, <laughs> so his wings are just starting to spread, and then they're clipped. Yes, and guess what? We're going to pull you back, and now 
you can't and you can't see anybody and you're not going to meet any girls for a year <laughs> instead of having sex your mom's going to fold your socks for the next year yes yeah that's tough six of one six of one <laughs> did that now did you guys discover anything because i you know i'm uh i'm actually turning 40 in a couple weeks um don't do it don't do it i know i'm i'm, don't, don't <laughs> I'm trying to halt i'm trying to halt that process yeah as much as as much as possible but i I also, so I guess I was like 38 or 39. I spent a couple months with my parents actually in Atlanta. Um, and I found it to be surprisingly pleasant. Yes. Like I, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Different point in life. 38. It's like, oh. Different point in life. Yes. But, but they also gave me some space. Now, are you all over? Are you trying to build and hang out with your son? Or are you letting him do his thing? It was, it was a lot of giving him space. And, uh, but, you know, we would meet, you know, He's very good at being insular. A lot of times you wouldn't even know he lives in the same house, but he comes out for feedings <laughs> and, to, and to see the sun. Sure, it's sure. very much like having a lizard. <laughs> if, he, if he didn't need food or daylight, you wouldn't know he's there. That sounds great. But we would uh, enjoy. I was actually reminiscing. I, I, I was surprising. I, I was talking. You know, I don't know who I was talking to, but like there was a period when you had to really lock down, mm-hmm. and we were very lucky and I feel very blessed. That we were nobody, we didn't get sick. So I, I know I'm saying this from a very privileged, mm-hmm. fortunate place, but I kind of enjoyed the parameters of it. It's like, oh, we can't go out, we can't socialize, and we're going to spend time together. And suddenly, like we were saying before, things were born of that. Like, well, let's actually cook something together. We never did that. Let's actually mm-hmm. see if we can have fun just with us. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, uh, I mean, there was certainly friction and. You know, as I said, I, I didn't envy my 19-year-old having to <laughs> see us every day, but I liked seeing him. Um, mm-hmm. But but I, there was there was I I can look back now and go that was actually parts of that were really fun. I miss the quarantine a little bit every once in a while because during that moment I was in the best shape of my life. The only there's nothing to do, so I would just like work out in the backyard with some kettlebells and jump rope every day and and then you can't and you can't show off to anybody there's nobody to see i can't show off to anybody but and, and sometimes i miss the simplicity of that where there wasn't the overload of like oh like when there's no restaurants you can go to you can't go to the movies yeah you, you, all you can't do anything so you make you guys your are own fucking fun. losers man you guys are fucking losers <laughs> I'll, I'll, i want to bust out <laughs> i want to bust out I couldn't wait to get the fuck out of here. All I want to do is socialize. I got to go down to the store, you know, work on my stuff. I don't know how you did it. I don't know how you did it, Paul. I don't know. I mean, did you write another book? Did you really use your time or did you just? I did. I did. I did. Not on purpose. I mean, I didn't say, oh, my gosh, I have to use my time. But I, I, I did write a book that hasn't come out yet. And I and I did work on playing some piano that I had been putting off for years. I went, I really wanted to learn that piece that, that I loved as a you know, when I was a piano major in college, I go, well, that's too hard. I went, well, I got nothing but time. So I'm going to learn this, you know, one note at a time. I went, and after a couple of months, I went, oh, look at that. I did it. Uh-huh. Okay. So this is book number two, three, four? Well, no, I, I've written three books, three and a half books. Three books, and then one was a, a little okay. 10,000 word thing. No, this was actually a book that a buddy of mine, uh, a musician, is, is is writing his memoir. And, and he said, well, I don't know how to write that. I said, well, let's write it together. And so I sort of, uh, we just chatted, and then I would sort of massage it and turn it, help 
created into a book. Mm. So it was so I was using time, uh, but I was helping others because that's what I'm all about. You know, yeah, that's beautiful. Well, I mean, because usually a person in your position, yeah, you're getting there the will help. be somebody doing that for you, and you became the person that helped somebody else. How does that feel? It felt good. I'm here. I'm here. Like frankly, today. To help you, we feel we feel that absolutely, and yeah, a hundred percent. And hopefully, <laughs> some of the people that listen to our podcast do know who you are. I'm not sure. We're going to figure that out, kind of when we I would doubt when it. we put oh, this we put this thing up. But that is honestly impressive because I think that that writing a book is arguably the hardest thing to do. Writing a memoir is an extra challenging thing because you have to decide. I, I'm of the belief that you have to really let it all hang out for it to, for it to succeed. You know, like it's, warts that, and all. Yeah. That's the whole point. Uh, but I'm sure there's some stories that maybe, uh, <clears throat> your buddy wanted to kind of leave on the chopping block because they were incriminating to him or others. Yes. Well, yes. Well, there was, it was, you know, it was his, uh, his story to tell. Mm-hmm. And I would say, well, put it down and we'll cut it out later. It was fun to be on the other side of it because it was the first thing I'd ever done that wasn't. The end. Pro- I wasn't the end user. It wasn't for me. Yeah. So it was. So it was. So I did use my time, and uh, but even sometimes using time to do nothing, to be still, as you say, just like to see what is it like. I went the other way. I did not. Uh, I had no kettlebells. I did not work. <laughs> okay. I went quite the other way. I I decided to try every bourbon <laughs> and uh, made a nice dent in in the bourbon supply. There was there really was a fork in the road. If you can do, I guess I could start drinking at this time. Or just, you know, a life. I mean, <laughs> yes. yeah, I, I, I smoked a lot of marijuana if it makes you feel better, Paul. Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> uh, you know, but I would, I would certainly find I'm, I'm not by any stretch. I would never call myself a heavy drinker or a drinker at all. And suddenly I go. Most don't. Three, three o'clock <laughs> seems about right, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, three o'clock, yeah. Because I mean. there was no clock. There was no reason why not. And I didn't have to be crisp and sharp for anything. Not like I had a big <laughs> podcast coming up. You what know what you, I mean? No. <laughs> what's your uh, so what's your what's your sleep schedule like? Are you you seem like a guy who might be up a little later than he should be? <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to unpack that. What does that even look like? <laughs> oh, I'm just saying. I just I just feel like I I think that that. You know, I maybe look, although I look young and extremely well rested, it's because I do go to bed at nine thirty, even though I should maybe stay up till midnight, like some of my contemporaries. I know I don't stay up late. I rarely stay up late. Uh, I think on a night when I, you know, if I'm going out and doing a show, I, I will be home a little later. But uh, no, I'm usually in bed. Like okay, 10, 30, all right, you're 10. you're measured. You're measured, and uh, and I get up early. You know, I'm like uh, I don't know why something something happens as you get older, you sleep. I always say I'm gonna. I can sleep in tomorrow till nine, ten. No, we're no, we're up. up. Yeah, we're up at five thirty over here. It's called CEO hours. Something you should think about because you're not working hard enough, from what I can tell. (laughs) I mean, I've seen your CV. You know, I checked out the Wikipedia. There's a lot of shit on there. You know what I mean? Um, but I I don't know how much effort you're putting in. You know what I'm saying? Well, the key to my success is very very shallow work. There's not a lot of sure. you know, so the volume <laughs> yes, yes. is impressive, but the quality okay. is quantity not quality. Yeah. That's actually what we do because we do three of these a week, so oh. we're kind of on the same program that you're on. Yeah. It's a volume game. Oh, to do the what what I do with quality that would take a lot. I don't have that in the tank right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, Paul, I've heard you mention a few times on our chat for of the last fourteen minutes. There may be a little apprehension about doing a podcast. A couple no, podcast no, no. No, digs no, 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 no. in there. Are we just having fun, or is there a, 
a resistance against podcasts or no I have a resistance to podcasts. No, I am I am um sometimes to a fault. I am just wildly amiable and um flexible. Okay. So I have so somebody in my world, my manager or publicist will go you know, so you got this thing at 11.30. I go, what is it? Well, it's two fucking guys, and then you talk to them. I went, okay. And then I go, what is it? I don't know. And then I'll have a good time, and then I'll go, well, that's time I never get back. And, um, so, no, I have nothing against pocket, but I, I, I have lately, because I have all these little things cooking, I'm doing some promos for, you know, publicity for Reboot, and then for a whole bunch of shows, I'm doing a little stand-up tour. Yeah. So I, I actually forget who I'm talking to, where I'm talking to. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. So it's just fun to have fun with two guys who have headphones. I, I, I understand. <laughs> well, I think I think that we do kind of need each other because we need people like you, you know, legacy entertainers, comedians over decades. You know, we like talking to real pros like you sure. and not just some like loser who just wrote a book that, you know, has no personality. No. So, but you also you need us because we are exposing you. We're the, yes. the gatekeeper to expose you to to the young people. You know what I mean? How many young people are listening right now? Oh, I would say several tens of thousands. Yeah, young yeah. people, and then for the old people, oh. maybe more. My old people don't know how to find. It's them. also a seventy. It's also a seventy thirty male female split. If you were wondering, we can kind of get into that. If you're looking to advertise for some of your dates. Um, we can send over more information. I'm not looking to do anything. I just have too much time. On my- <laughs> uh, you know, but I'll tell you what's funny now is like I somebody said because I there is a, a a new wave of in my audience, which I'll see when I when I do stand up for for the longest time would be people my age, so it'd be fifties and mm-hmm. up or forties mm-hmm. and stuff. And then being on Stranger Things brought in newer, younger people, and then the boys brought in mm-hmm. another little segment. So I can actually look in into a, in the theater, look at the audience, and go, "Okay, those people who are twenty two. They came from Stranger Things. That guy with the tattoos. He came from the boys. He knows the boys. <laughs> the couple in their forties. They came from Mad About You. And the guy mm-hmm. over there in the seventies. That's a Kaminsky method. I was going to ask if you so had. I, I was going to ask if you had a wheelchair section for the Kaminsky method. Or exactly. That, you know. I was going to say wheelchair, but that's a little unkind. <laughs> I went with seventy. I'm 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 personally a big fan of the Kaminsky method, by the way, and I'm I'm young at heart. It's a good show. Yeah. It's a really good show. But but it's what's funny to me. You know, I always tell people like I'm doing all these things, but what I really want to do <laughs> is stand up. That's the part. I, I love doing these other things, and they're great, and 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 it's great to be part of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, the stand up is that's what I intended to do. That's what I started out to do, and I didn't have all these other plans. So. It's funny to me when people don't know that I do stand up, which is understandable because I did take a long time off and I have not been out there mm-hmm. in any kind of significant way. And for many years, I wasn't out at all. So somebody, somebody told me the other day that someone said to them, oh, the guy from the Stranger Things, now he's going to try and do stand up. He's been doing that since before your parents were born. <laughs> yeah, not, not since before you were born, since before your parents were born. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How does it feel to be to be back on the road because i'm sure you're not you're not slumming it i hope we're flying delta one to and from every date we're staying at the four seasons i don't want you in it i don't i don't want you taking public transportation oh i'll have to change my plans uh, no you know, it's not the road it's I, even when i was young and single and starting out was i never was like a road guy that would be 
I would go out for weeks at a time. So it's a very gentlemanly schedule. I'll go out like every mm-hmm. other weekend. I'll do one show or two shows. Mm-hmm. It just so happens the next couple of months I have more more things planned than I have in a while. Because every time I actually say, let's just do three, four months of just let me go out four or five days a week. And then, uh, well, you want to do a reboot. It's like, oh, yeah, that's a great show. Okay, so I can't do anything for those three months. Well, I'm going to go make a movie. So forget those two months. Um, so you got a dollar holding up a dime is what it sounds like, Paul. <laughs> it, well, it's, it's, it's a nice problem to have. So I certainly don't mean to sound complaining, yeah. but I, I, I actually love the idea of working, doing stand up more because it's, it really does. It's, it's such a tangible difference when you do it night after night after night, like you do it more mm-hmm. often. It's like the material grows, you grow. It's, it's, you know, it's a living, breathing thing. And it's always fun to me. It's, yeah, somebody said it's really there are very few things that you can do in your 60s that feel like you did when you were 18. Mm. In fact, there's nothing. <laughs> but stand up. I was just thinking, I got nothing. But stand up is it's actually identical. It's like hopefully I'm better now than I was when I went up yeah. audition night in college in 1970, whatever, three, but four. But um, <laughs> but it is it is as low tech and old school as a thing can be. There's no app to speed it up. You can't. You just mm-hmm. have to get out and. And the more you do it, the more you uh, grow. Only way to do it is to do it. Yeah, that's we we sort of talk about that all the time. Where this podcast is sort of like stand up for us, where it's just us bullshitting and talking, and yeah. you kind of come up with little ideas and write little premises down, the same way that you might for stand up. And then you, you know all the things that you do in your life become content that you talk about. So I'm sure as a stand-up, you're always thinking the same thing. So the more shit that you're doing, yeah. then the more stuff you have to talk about on stage. For sure. For sure. How, how many of these have you done so far? We're creeping into 400. This will be 384. Yeah, we're creeping in. So we've, we've done a lot. I bet you if you ever listen to, the, you listen to the first one. And you'll probably. I'm all good on that, Paul. I'm all good on that. I'm not looking to revisit, kind of. You know what I mean? I don't watch maybe the first hundred. I don't watch game tape. That's Jason shit because Jason does all the technical side of this. I do all the booking. Uh, so he's more uh, in touch with kind of how we've improved and failed. Well, it's not failing. It's just it's just you you get better at it and you find out what you like doing and you go deeper and you go wider uh, as you as in anything. Hopefully, you get to be. You know, you get to grow. Do you have a problem looking at your game tape when, like, when you record your stand-up? No, I generally, I actually find it helpful. You know, if it's if I if I go down to work out at a club in L.A. and I'll tape it, and if I'm doing 10, 15 minutes or something, you know, I, I will watch it that night mm-hmm. while it's still in my head. I go, okay, that's why that joke didn't work, or that's oh, that's actually that mm-hmm. I didn't remember that, but that's a funny thing. To watch a long set, it's a little tedious. I, I, to watch it, you mm-hmm. know, an hour and a half of myself is a little bit demanding. You really got to psych yourself up for that, I'm sure. Yeah, I actually just go, you know what? Let's just. But the other thing is, even if I watch <laughs> it, I go and I do make a note. I don't know how to actually make that note. Like, where do I write it down? And would I, would I ever read that wherever it is I wrote it? So, like, it's really just all. You're just brain. telling your telling your brain like sure. I should remember that, and your brain's like, "All right, guy, you got it." Yeah, write it down. <laughs> got you. Chief. That's why I could never. Yeah, in school, I'm, I could never take notes. I don't. Uh, it was a disorganization thing. But if I watch it, you know, and again, if you do it every night, it's like, okay, I think I sort of remember what I did last night. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry. Do you think you're in a position now where you're getting a little more grace on stage because of people because people know you from other things? If that makes sense, you know what I mean. It's like if you're 
21 and you're a stand-up, people are kind of either going to love you or hate you, but people might have a soft spot for you and give you a little more yeah, time yeah. to well, nail nail the joke. For sure, especially you know if I'm performing somewhere and people bought a ticket, it's like, all right, I think this is going to be fine. They already bought a ticket. <laughs> sure, you know what sure. I mean? They That's like me exactly, enough to spend exactly thirty-seven exactly. fifty and get a babysitter. Yeah, and they drove here. I mean, you know, like this is not an accident. So I think we're going <laughs> to. I have to do my job and be good, as good as I can be. But we're going to. This is going to be fine. Mm-hmm. When uh, I don't know, years ago, or so when I hadn't been on stage in years, and I just said, I'm just going to. You got to just jump in the pool. And I went down to this club in L.A. They introduced me, and it's like, and the crowd was like, "Oh, it's really like nice ovations." Like, "Oh, that guy from the show." Mm-hmm. That lasts about four seconds. <laughs> sure, and sure, then sure. they calm down. They go, "We don't, you know, dislike you, but like <laughs> their attitude is, what is it that you wanted to say to us?'" <laughs> <laughs> and I go, I, "You know, I don't know." I, and, I, and I and it was it was really I had to sort of walk through it. Like I only have three minutes of jokes and. But it was, it was, and they're like, "Oh, those were jokes." Okay. But it, what I learned was, it wasn't, it wasn't even the material. It was seeing, getting the confidence. Mm. I, I did by accident. Somebody had posted a thing from back then, from like ten years ago, when I was really, and I hadn't found my comfort zone yet. And I was like, "Oh my god, I look so horribly uh, unsure," you know, because I didn't know what I was doing. And I think in the last couple of years, I, yeah, I, I, by doing it more, and and uh, the audience growing there is a a uh, comfort zone and also i like doing it you know and, and so audience can see that sure and i <laughs> this sounds really i don't know if it sounds nice or narcissistic but i like the people that would come to see me <laughs> sure, like, sure sure yes <laughs> it's, it's like you know it's like you know that girl likes you well she must be really smart it's like she must Exa- exactly. well, that's so nice yeah, of exactly. her i i already like her because she likes so you're a fan of yourself yeah if, <laughs> If, and nobody's coming to see me really by accident. You know what I mean? It's not. I get yeah, it. Yeah, no. So, and so I kind of like them. I already like them. Yeah, no, I get that. You're your riser folk. Your <laughs> riser hive. There's no reason why we shouldn't get along swimmingly. Right. We got to get along. Exactly. We did a tour. We did a tour. Um, and I found it, you know, we, it did, it did well. And like we sold out most of the shows and we did kind of like classic, like indie rock venues, like Bowery Ballroom or something in New York. You know, I, I had a little bit of a time. You, you really realize who your fans are when you see them in real life. Like on the internet, it ain't the same shit. Right, like when you, right. when they're, like you're saying, when somebody's paying 25 bucks to come see you and sit in the chair, right. it's a little bit of like, oh, this is who really thinks I'm funny. This is who really likes the show. Ah. And I think I didn't have a fully different idea, but I would say that my mind was open a little bit after seeing <laughs> Yeah, but it's also there's a certain type of person that would spend money and get a ticket. And there's a lot of people who equally like you who are going, I just like listening on my podcast and I'm not going to get out of the car. Wouldn't be caught dead at one of the shows. Yeah. Yeah. I think the hotter, richer people are the, are the latter. And then maybe, maybe, yes. yeah. And then maybe the, yes. okay. That's, well, I'm glad to know that kind of crosses over through generations. Well, that's, but you know what? It's funny. That's when I say I'm, I, I don't take for granted. Uh, and I so appreciate that somebody, when anybody comes to a show, yeah. you know, obviously it's a given. It's like, you know, the, the, the whole rule is here. I'll show up and perform. You guys come and be the audience. Mm-hmm. But you break it down, it's like you bought a ticket, you, you parked, you had to maybe get a babysitter, all these things. And I know myself how easy it is to do nothing. <laughs> I mean, I'll see somebody's coming to town. Well, yeah, whoever, Springsteen's coming. You want to see him? Ah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I would, but would I have to get off the couch? Dodger, no. It's the Dodgers did the traffic. And yeah, the, there's a thousand reasons to, and to impede your progress. Yeah. Um, so when somebody does it and they make that effort, it's like, well, that, that's quite uh, – it's not to be taken lightly. It's heartwarming. It's enough reason to want to be good, to, to really give it your yes. best. Because Jason yeah, and I both – we experienced that this weekend. I went and saw the Killers on uh, Saturday night, and Jason went and saw the Strokes last night. But the effort, you're right. I was like, I thought to my head, I'm like, I love this band. I really want to see it. Yeah. The tickets are free, but I'm going to have to drive. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to park. Uh-huh. I'm going to have to leave early to skip traffic. Like, I might be hungry after. It's, it's like, going to take know. everything that I have to go to this <laughs> concert that has a free backstage artist pass. And <laughs> Yeah, it's like, I can't. It's and really you didn't bad. have any of these concerns at 21. No, hell no. I would do anything anytime. The only concern right. is how am I going to sneak these drugs into this concert? <laughs> exactly, yeah, now, not- like, is there a bathroom nearby? <laughs> <laughs> do you find, now, I feel like you're, you know, from, from it sounds like you got a lot going on right now. And, you know, as a person who is on kind of like a legacy sitcom, that feels more like a kind of full-time job in some ways, like a little more regular. The schedule seems pretty regular, or am I incorrect? Well, it was a longer commitment. The old yeah. school model of network television. First of all, if you you know if you're lucky enough to get a show that gets picked up and it's a hit, mm-hmm. you're sort of contracted for usually seven years. You know that should be your biggest problem, but yeah. but, but that is seven years. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing 25, 24 shows, it's really thirty six weeks. So that's basically the year. Yeah. So th- certainly we would do other things. You know, when we do a mad about you, I didn't do a lot of other things. It was just because it was so all consuming for me. And uh, now this is the new model is so I find so much more appealing so that I, mean, I was getting ready to go do this movie that I, I set up that I wrote and I produced it and I, and I didn't want to move it. And suddenly I got this, call, this offer to come do reboot. And I went, this Steve Levitan show on Hulu. And I went, well, I'm going off to do a movie. They go, well, it's only eight episodes. I go, I guess. Okay. I can move my movie two weeks. Yeah. So suddenly to do a whole thing, it's eight weeks. I went, that's, that it feels it's like swinging with one back. It's like so <laughs> much easier. We used to have, yeah. uh, on Mad About You. We had a ritual. We would, you know, our Monday to Friday was our week, and Friday night we'd tape it in front of an audience. At the end of the night, we'd all go back into the writers' room and and the cast and the writers, and we would just have pizza and beer, and then we'd officially mark off, you know, on the big whiteboard the lists of episodes. And you're doing 24, so when you cross off number 11, you go on. Oh my God! <laughs> We're not even anywhere round the corner. And, and the running, the running joke with with Helen, I used to always just cover up last week's show, which was only six days earlier. I go, "What was last week's episode?" You go, "No fucking idea." Like, <laughs> and you were in a car. No, nope, not a fucking clue. It's like you're just out your brain, and then you focus on this week's, and then that's out your brain. Did when you were like driving around or walking around back then, would somebody yell a joke at you from like the last week's episode, and you're like, "I have no clue what you're talking about, buddy." What are you talking about, bro? <laughs> They're not that current. I don't think they would keep abreast week by week. But 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 it is funny. You know, we all we all have people, and you have certain memories, and you know, you you, you if you love a band and you love one song. Chances are the band's not necessarily thinking of that song, uh-huh. you know. Yeah. So I had, for some reason, Beverly Hills Cop, which was 1983, I think, or four, mm-hmm. and I had two scenes or three scenes with Eddie and one scene in the locker room, and we had I had lived this line because I didn't know how to get out of the scene. 
the boss is yelling at Eddie and I'm over listening, over you know, listening and overhearing, sticking my head in and finally boy, he yells at me and I go, Hey, this, this is not my locker. And I, I saw it recently. It's actually on the cut. It's barely in the movie. It's like, they're not my lock. And a cut. 40 years, people come over to me and go, hey, this is not my locker. Mm-hmm. And I, I go, really? That? But like, <laughs> this day, this year, I was on a show and like every crew member, hey, oh, I love that. This is my locker joke. I'm like, really? All the jokes we put in Mad About You, none of those appeal to you. But the, this, this, And what's, what's really weird is that sometimes people come over and they'll do their twist on it. And for years, I didn't get it. So I'd be in the airport, and somebody would go, hey, this is not my suitcase. And i go, what? Huh? No, it's my suitcase. No, <laughs> this is not my suitcase. I went, I don't know what you, why are you talking about. I don't know. Oh, you're doing the joke. Okay. So, yes. So, uh, but I, 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 have, I have nothing but appreciation that somebody enjoys a joke. And I, I know I've, I've gone over to I foolishly have shared. Sometimes I'll meet an actor and I'll tell them about a line of theirs from a movie from 18 years ago that killed me. And they'll go, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. I'll go, really? It doesn't matter there <laughs> were equals. I still don't know what you're talking about. This yeah. is this is not a safe space. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like that that's not my locker. Like that style of joke. You may have yes. been the first person to really do it on that big screen. You know, that... That improvised well, that style of joke. It was not even a joke. It was just <laughs> how do I get out of this? It's a th- how do I get out of this scene? Yeah, but it's a thing that uh, that kind of p- popped up more in the '90s. Growing up, I'd see it in little movies and things like that. So you know, it's so funny. But anyway, yes. But it's it, it's it's you never know. And uh, I'll tell you what was really nice about getting out and going doing stand up again. Besides actually doing stand up, mm. is I would I would do often do like a meet and greet afterwards and sign books or sign whatever and mm-hmm. take pictures, whatever anybody comes by. And invariably people would have a story. Every show, somebody would say, you know, this episode of Mad About You, that was so important to me and my wife. Or gee, that joke, we do that, that same bit in the, you know, for the last 30 years, or we got married to your theme song. Mm-hmm. And when we were making the show, <laughs> I didn't know it. First, we didn't have social media. So you, you didn't hear all the feedback. So not everybody's going to take the time to write a letter to tell you that. <laughs> sure, sure. And if they did, you ain't going to read it. Yeah. Well, I might, but, but it, it would be, it's, it, would, it sounds weird to say, but I didn't know the actual personal uh, impact mm-hmm. on people's lives. I knew it was a hit and people watched it, but like, oh, and, and it's very, uh, it's helpful to, to me. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's just, it's just pleasant. It's just like, Wow, that was a line from 1995, but you have been saying it in your house, apparently. Okay, so I guess the show did have a reach, and it did have a shelf life. No, we talk about this a lot. Um, I think that that era of television, you know, appointment television, for lack of a better term, I think things resonated more. I mean, we talk about this all the time with the streaming shit. Like, I'll watch it all in one day and forget the plot. I'll have no idea what happened. I, I know if I liked it or didn't like it, but I couldn't pick out... No, kind of what you're saying. And he's These sober. Instances. Yeah, and I'm sober. I have no excuse. Yeah, <laughs> I did a show that's uh, on Peacock. It's called There's Johnny. I'm not in it, but I wrote it uh, and produced it. It's about takes place in 1972 behind the scenes of the Tonight Show. Okay, 1972. Mm-hmm. So check it out. It's on P- really, really good. So, uh, but we did it in conjunction with the Carson Company, right? So we had um, clips. We got the full use of the catalog. So we pull a clip. From an actual Tonight Show, George Carlin or whoever my favorite comics of the day were, mm-hmm. and that would sort of be in the background. But we had a fictitious show, so to to, to as we were writing the script, 
I would go into these archives and I would look up shows from 1972. I was 16 and I would watch, there's George Carlin, there's Steve Martin, there's Albert Brooks, there's Rodney. And I remember the set. And I remember what joke, I haven't seen the show in 50 years. <laughs> but I remember because I had to make the effort, just like the audience coming in. I had to stay up on a Tuesday night, you know, to 1150 mm -hmm. when the first guest would come on. And and so it was important to me. And and I loved it. So it's like, I rem and I'm watching the George Carlin bit. I'm going, I know exactly. And then here he says this, and then he sits down. And went, and, whereas now, the good news, bad news is you can't miss anything. So like, oh, did you see so uh, you see Colbert last night? No, I'll have to watch it later in the shower. You know, <laughs> you can't miss it. I, I kind of miss missing things. I'm like, oh, I missed it. No, you can't. <laughs> the, the beauty of missing something. You're right. I miss that, too. Well, yes. Yeah, so it's nice that you can always see something. But what really impacted me, impressed me was how long lasting those memories were for me. And I imagine for others, because. Remember when you were a kid, you know, Wizard of Oz was on once a year. Then you go, oh, it's on tonight. And you watch it because <laughs> you can't see it any other way. It's like, well, now you can see anything anytime. So nothing is important. No, that's my whole theory. Mm -hmm. That's my whole theory is that I we get so wound up about things and like the discourse yeah. around it is so intense that right. by the time it gets to a certain point, I'm just like, I don't even know if I care about this anymore. Like, I don't know if I, <laughs> I'm, already... I'm not watching this movie to enjoy it. I'm watching it to form my opinion yeah. about it. When somebody asked me at the dinner party, what do you think about this? Well, actually, <laughs> yeah. I thought this. Yeah, it's, it's Ooh, a... that's an interesting take. <laughs> it's difficult. So enjoyment is no longer even an element. I don't. I mean, Paul, I don't enjoy anything really. I just do Thank it kind of. I just, I, <laughs> I just kind of do it for this show and maybe to make money. You know what I mean? Those are kind of the two. Well, drops. The, the enjoyment is there, but it's we enjoy having other people think we have the best opinions and <laughs> yes, takes on yes. things versus enjoying like uh, a record or a TV show or a movie or whatever. Well, that's why I was here because I was told you do have the best opinions. That's right. That's right. Good. Good. I'm glad somebody's doing their job over there. Yeah, goddamn right, somebody's Paul. doing their job. So, um, I want to talk about reboot because um, it seems like a very interesting kind of meta plot line about a, a show being rebooted from, I guess, the '80s, like an '80s sitcom being rebooted. Well, that's what's here's what's really sad. It's actually a show from 20 years ago, which would be 2002. So, <laughs> okay. way yes. back is already in the 2000s. That's how. Okay. Yeah, that does make me feel sad. That does make me feel sad. Um, and it's sort of like Hulu is in the show and it's on Hulu as well is yes. what I gathered from the trailer. Yes. So it's it's a show about Steve Levitan had this idea when all these shows were being rebooted. He thought, well, that would be itself a funny premise for a show. Mm -hmm. um, and as he tells the story, he said, can't believe nobody else did it. He said he kept thinking somebody would do it. And then when they did, he said, I guess he should do it. So um, <laughs> it is a show. Yeah, a you know, a full house type of show, very safe, mm -hmm. soft family show. And it's a young hip woman writer who wants to bring it back, but she wants to revitalize it and make it, you know, more socially relevant and, and change the very nature of sitcom. So instead of everybody singing and doing the right thing, these are going to be flawed characters with not necessarily neat ending. <laughs> and I play the guy uh, who created the original show, who's coming out of retirement because it's my show. You can't do it without me. But I want to keep it how it was. <laughs> like, just can we just make it funny and cut out all the evolved social content? Mm -hmm. So for me, it was in that world to do a half-hour sitcom. But it's not about the sitcom; it's about how you make it. 
And the characters, first of all, the cast is unbelievably funny. Is Keegan Michael Key, who's like yeah. another level genius of funny. Jesus, he's funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, Johnny Knoxville, who everybody knows is brave and dumb because he does really <laughs> dumb things, but he's really funny and and vulnerable and sweet. He's really, really great performance in the show. Sure. And Judy Greer and Rachel Bloom and Steve Levitan created it. He created Modern Family. So it was one of those things that's like, well, I can't not do this. This is really going to mm-hmm. be great. And it was great fun. And it really does ring true. I mean, it feels like, uh, I mean, there were days that I had, I forgot I was doing a show about a show. I just thought I was in the show. <laughs> and uh, somebody said, well, aren't you afraid it's going to be too inside industry, too inside baseball? It's like, it's not. I mean, it's very accurate. And there are a couple of things that you'll enjoy more if, you, if you've been in a writer's room and you might just fly by if you were. Mm-hmm. But it is really, it's actually about characters who, in a really funny way, are rebooting their lives. And like they all need this for different reasons. And uh, so it's really, it's very textured, but it's really funny. It's really funny. And I, I hope we get to make some more because I had fun. I plan on watching it. Well, I mean, it's, do you feel like you are also a part of that reboot in your own actual literal life happening at the same time? Where, did you see any parallels between your real life? And the character in that show, because you're sort of having a, a, a huge sort of renaissance right now with your career, I feel like. You know, I certainly related to the character. I go, because I go, huh, it's a guy who used to be on TV who's now not. <laughs> Just wants everything to be funny. We don't need to make a, a political statement every time. Yes. And <laughs> I also can relate to not having, not loving network note meetings. Uh-huh. It, it, it wasn't me. I mean, it was definitely an exaggerated mm-hmm. version. You know, by definition, my character is like the old guard, so I had to be a little bit more old and out of touch than I like to think I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it was really, it was, it was really great fun. I mean, they're just because it's shot on a set, and you and the so the other sets are walking on a studio lot. And I went, this feels like it actually yeah. is a show. <laughs> and then we'd have we'd have our table reads would we like we had a scene about a table read, so they'd have the table. And but we're actually we're doing a table read to read the script. <laughs> and what is in the script? The script is they're having a table read. I'm like, I'm my head hurts. <laughs> well, like, I need some Advil over here. This shit's giving me a You're headache. holding the script in your hand like, is this the script or is this the script about the script? So one, so we're doing a scene and I had a prop script in my hand. And the prop woman came over and says, A prop oh, script. Have your, you have your, uh, your sides. You know, she thought they were my lines from the from the show we were doing. Mm-hmm. So she gave, took it out of my hand and gave me the pretend script. I went, "It's four pieces of white paper." <laughs> Either way, it's like you have you were actually looking at your lines. I went, "You know that, and I know that, but they think I'm holding the script that the show is about." If I'm going to be holding the script, it might as well ha- it might as well have the one with the right words on it. Yes, it was surreal. It was very surreal. But it, it was uh, it was great fun to flip the camera and be on the other side of making a sitcom. So it's not about the sitcom show that mm-hmm. being filmed, but rather the personalities. Uh, uh, you know, and the, the funny thing about this idea of a reboot was it's twenty years later of a family show. So the little kid's not a cute little kid anymore. The other guy who went off to make movies that didn't pan out. The other <laughs> woman who married a really successful guy, well, that pan didn't work out. I thought I was retired, but they dragged me back in. So everybody has, mm-hmm. um, a, 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 you know, a, a shift in life. 
And uh, but it's just it's just really fun. So I hope people watch it. It's on Hulu. I'll be watching it. Is it out now? It is out September twentieth. Oh, that's a little bit of a wait. Jason, can you send me your login so I can so I can watch it as a guest? So here's oh, this was it actually was Hulu. Wait a minute, was it Hulu? Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to, not to bite the hand that feeds me because these the following people that I'm going to tell you they're all gone now. So the show that I was telling you about, okay. the show that is now on Peacock called There's Johnny, was sort of an orphan. It was orphan show. It was on a little. It was made by a little. A platform that folded as soon as we finished. What's the uh, network that folded, Jason? CISO. Oh, never mind. A, I was thinking of the CISO, one that was, was a, the, which is a short content division of uh, Comcast. Yeah. So it was meant to be comedy, and we were like the big, you know, we were going to be their new big shiny object, and then we broke them. So, <laughs> <laughs> so then, but the show was great, and Comcast loved the show. And then I remember talking to somebody at Comcast. They said, "We'll find a home for," it. and they put it on Hulu for like a limited time for two years. So. The people that I was dealing with Hulu were never or were no longer there. The people now at Hulu were great, so this is not about them. So, <laughs> very great. So I so they so it was really it was really funny, and I was having the meetings like like you see in in reboot. I was having those in real life, and I remember having a meeting like it was two weeks before the show was to premiere, and it was sort of an orphan show because it wasn't a Hulu original like reboot is, and it wasn't. You know, the Hulu library, like 30 Rock, was like, they didn't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Fell between the cracks. So I said, look, the show's airing in two weeks. Uh, maybe a commercial, a promo, something. <laughs> I, I don't see anything. Could I do a couple podcasts? How can we spread the word? <laughs> <laughs> it got desperate. It got desperate. So I went up and I had a meeting with this young guy who was explaining to me all the algorithms. He goes, because when you anybody watches Hulu for the first week, we're going to have it on the homepage. We're going to have it this. If you like anybody here who's in it, it'll fly. So all these a million ways that people will find it once they're on Hulu. Yes. I said, that's great. <laughs> Let me ask you this. What if somebody doesn't have Hulu? And he just went, well, I don't know. Whatever you can do. I went, like, can you get yourself on the Tonight Show? So cut to, I get myself, I, I did the Tonight Show, all of my own. I do it on Tonight Show and this, and I did Conan. Mm-hmm. I get on Conan, and they're going to show a clip. And they said, no, Hulu didn't send a clip. <laughs> went, they didn't send a clip. I said, on- was that my job? It shouldn't have been my job. No. <laughs> so I said, jokingly, but not jokingly, I said, listen to the audience on television. I said, listen, it's a great show. Do me a favor. Go get Hulu, but do the 30-day trial. Watch it. Enjoy it. And 29 days in, get out of there. <laughs> and as I leave, in the back of my head, I'm thinking, that might not go down well up at the big. Sure enough, I get a I get a call the next day from somebody the, the head of Hulu who tries to explain. He goes, um, you know, subscriptions. That's really how we make our money. I went. Uh, I understand. I understand. And by the way, promotion is how our shows get seen. So all the money that you didn't spend on. But I said, no, but I'm joking. You know, clearly I was kidding. All right, I'm on Conan. It's me and Conan. We're joking. He goes, I know, but people people take that. So I had to go out and like do a disclaimer. Uh, like, no. And kidnap. No. Like, oh, for God's sake, get the full. Spend your money on Hulu for a year. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> But it was like, oh my god! And so there's one joke. It's in the trailer of Hulu, which is my favorite. One of my favorite lines in the whole season, where the young executive uh, comes over and says, "Oh, I just want to introduce myself. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm new. I'm 
work at Hulu. I'm, I'm new to humor. They said, oh, great. What do you do? I'm head of comedy. <laughs> I'm new to humor. <laughs> new to humor. But, I mean, that, that sounds like a hilarious premise, but those, those things have happened hundreds of times in the last five years. Hundreds of times. I had a meeting once years ago with Mad About You, and there was a, an executive change at NBC, and I met the new head of comedy, who two months earlier was head of drama. And I'm like, what happened in July? Did you get funny? What was the shift that they said, you know where you should be? Instead of being sad, be funny. <laughs> but I remember having a meeting. Mm-hmm. Mad About You was being changed a lot. They were moving it around. And you mean time slot wise? Like, like, time slot. Yeah, so they yeah. kept moving it really, you know, really, really to the detriment of the show and the audience. People said, I don't even know where it is. I went, I don't even know. But I remember going up and in, 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 it was a very pivotal moment having a meeting with the head who's no longer there. Like, and I'm sitting on a couch and there's a TV behind me and he's looking at me, but I see he's glancing up at the TV periodically. And I was saying, well, you know, it's really important that the show stay put for somewhere. Just pick a spot. I'm really pleading my case. And he kind of goes, <laughs> I said, what's funny? He goes, nah, nah, Geraldo. Really <laughs> He's like, what, what show are you talking about? What show are you talking He's about? He's watching Geraldo <laughs> while I'm eating. Uh, you want some sushi, Paul? Geraldo's yeah. killing me right now. <laughs> Paul, you were, uh, let's go back so to stand up. You just did a show in Orange County, my, my hometown. You just did a show in, in LA a few days ago. Yes. I'd like to know kind of the difference between those two crowds, if you noticed anything at all. Uh, no, not really. Not, not really? Crowds, crowds are usually the same. Uh, Orange County is a longer drive, so I was a little more uh, sweaty. Uh, there's something – it's so funny. I'm playing a lot of theaters and performing arts centers, and just mm-hmm. to sort of get the machinery going, I'm just doing some clubs. And in, in, and in a way, in a way, I sort of prefer them because that's how we started. So like I like when people have a drink and there's there's some mm-hmm. the first time I started playing in theaters and the people are just sitting there with their coats in their laps looking at me like <laughs> staring at I this is this is not you know Hamilton I, I there's no show here <laughs> talk amongst yourselves yeah let me see a little so I like I like the immediacy of a club I like thank God uh, and both those clubs in Burbank and and Irvine I did were you know they're right in front of you mm-hmm. and uh, I like. That. I, I like them. Yeah, it's less of a performance and more of just everyone's hanging out and it's a whole thing. Yeah, which is, but it should be, for, or not for everybody, but at least for me, I, I like the connection of seeing the people and like, I'm actually telling you these things. This is not like mm-hmm. a scripted mm-hmm. show. I'm telling you some funny things that happened to me. Uh, you know, it is a lot of give and take. And when they're right there, there's a lot of give. Do you, do you go see <laughs> comedians? Do you go see concerts? Like, do you see bands play? Are you out like that? No. No, I'm in bed at nine thirty. I don't go anywhere. Uh, no, I don't. I, 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 whenever I do, I go. Oh my gosh, this is fun. Uh, we should do this more. <laughs> my, there was, there was, uh, it was a great line in Mad- in one of the Mad About You that my friend Vic Levin wrote, and it was after they had had um, a few months after they had a kid, and they were inching their way back to being intimate and sexual each other, and we're in therapy, and and. Uh, the therapist says something about like, well, do you have you guys had sex? And and the line that my friend Vic wrote was, "Sex to us, it's like Canada. It's right there, but we never go." <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I kind of feel about as a show. It's like 
But when you do, you go, oh, we should do this more often. Mm-hmm. This is fantastic. Who wrote no, that's this? How I feel. Yeah. That's how I feel. <laughs> we talk, we talk a lot about, we talk a lot about, you know, restaurants and the LA, you know, dining community. And I, I would love to know where you're, where you're going. You know, are you hitting Mr. Chow? Are you hitting Medeo? Are you hitting Wexler's? Like, what are we looking at? you know, on a weekly basis for you. First of all, you're presuming that I'm going out. <laughs> I'm sure you're hitting some of Santa Monica's finest. Come on. Uh, I, you know, I couldn't off the top of my head even tell you where I eat. A lot of times a bag of stuff will be there. And I'm like, thank you, whoever picked this up. A I'm bag like, oh, of <laughs> stuff? Yeah, it'll be like, you know, some, you know some, somebody will bring in some takeout. Uh-huh. Or my wife will make something uh, wonderful. If it was up to me, I would just be eating cereal and slowly die in a corner of a pile of my own <laughs> Cheerios it is. Damn. Okay. I thought maybe you would give us a deli ranking at least, but I Cheerios it is. Cinnamon Toast Crunch for Paul. No, I, you, know, where, you know what? I don't think I've ever been to Wexos downtown. I know it's great. <laughs> I've had food from there. Never been in there. What What about like the, 90, like the 90s LA dining there we scene? Go. You over at Spago, you had uh, the Ivy, you doing Coke at Katana. Well, this will be useful. This will be useful for your audience. What restaurants did Paul eat in 30 years ago? Who wouldn't want to well, this that is, show? We don't care. The Paul, much like, unlike you, we don't care about our audience. That's what you got to <laughs> understand. We're out for only ourselves, you know? See, I'm, I'm good friends with Phil Rosenthal, and he's having a big hit yep. with his Somebody mm-hmm. Feed Phil. So uh, wherever I go, I'll go, Phil, Denver, where do I eat? They'll send me four places, and if I can, I'll go to them, but I don't remember where it is. And nothing goes in my head. I just drive there. Yeah. Uh, so, or and if we go in L.A., he'll pick a place. I don't even. I just park and then I eat and I go home. Nothing goes. In I love the. I love the idea of Phil dragging you to fucking you know, the 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 middle of nowhere to have some food that's too spicy. <laughs> yeah, what's really fun is, yeah, I mean he's he's a bit of a genius and he's made this beautiful world where people and his show is great and it really is touching people because it's about food but it's really become about yeah. much more than food it's really about community and, and living the world yeah it's a great show because by the way sometimes i'll pick a place and they'll go well this is the best ramen in the world and i'll go it's ramen you know what I mean? like <laughs> no, like can you taste the difference i go to be honest no it's hot it's like a noodle with wet you know it's like i don't see it but god bless but i believe and i will swear to it that it's better than anywhere else because you told me but I, I a lot of times i don't you know i don't have that sophisticated a palate but same. But no, I, I actually was at a thing, an event of his where he, he premiered an episode of this season show, and you go into that world and it's like going out with like Rihanna. I mean, like he's just <laughs> huge, and he's that pretty uh, <laughs> off camera. He looks like Rihanna. You wouldn't think so. A thin Jewish guy, yeah, looks like Rihanna. But um, <laughs> but in the foodie world, I mean, it's like he's no, a, he's, he's, a, he's he is he is he goes on TV, he, he eats a bite of food, and he. Looks like a baby, kind of makes the face of a baby. Yeah, let's let's bad mouth the show. Now. No, no, I mean, but that's 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 what his draw is. That's his magnet. His- Better than the other way around. Better than to have a baby eat a food that is- and make a face that makes him look like Phil Rosenthal. That would be that's. A I'm show. saying he has that's a childlike wonder for the culinary arts. You know what I mean? He does. He does. All right, I gotta no, go do a show. He does. Okay, believe it or not. Yeah. No, I don't know when, when is this going to air. I don't know when this will air. Uh, later, later this week. Okay. At the well, this will be behind it, but I am now yeah. on the East Coast in South Carolina. Mm. Oh, beautiful! You'd think so. <laughs> I'm I'm about to do a show. Uh four o'clock. A four. Oh, o'clock oh you're show. doing. Oh, this is stand up at four. Stand up. Yeah, I'm doing. A show. By the way, it's a Monday at four p.m. It's a Monday. 
And there's a show. It's a beautiful performing arts center. There's a show at four and seven thirty. The late show is. 10. So did the did Bingo cancel? Because it's a vacationy. It's a vacationy upscale resort area. Are you in the? Are you like outside of Charleston? I'm guessing. Not that far. It's on. It's on the island on on Hilton Head. Okay. 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 Sure. So yeah, that, that uh, crowd's a little. But, and this is a gig. It's just a show that was had. It was been rescheduled like at least twice because the last couple of years, I think it was going to be the summer of twenty, and then they moved it. So wow. so I'm finally doing it. Um, but I, I literally I go it's two thirty and comedians pace themselves like two thirty you start getting ready for to go to the theater six o'clock and eight o'clock curtain four o'clock curtain four o'clock is me coming home from high school watching Superman I don't know how to do a show at four <laughs> sure, sure 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 so I'll I'll have to come back another time and tell you if it uh, is horrible or if it's I'll need to know I'll need to fine. know absolutely but no Paul and thank you for explaining because I we assume that that was just an excuse you were saying to get off this podcast <laughs> well, I would have gotten like, off anyway I gotta go do a show. Can I, if I may, a little of you guys goes a long way. <laughs> that's a, thank you for that's going to be our quote for a book jacket. A little goes a long way. How long gone? Yeah, well, that's perfect because we only wanted a little. Well, you got the right guys. Perfect. Thank you, Paul. Enjoy the show. All right, we'll guys. See you soon, man. Thanks, Thanks again. Later. All right. Thank you. Take care.